On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we know A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, they're the target monsters in this passing game in 2023. Who's that fourth passing target on the offensive side of the football this year? All that and more on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show, a Monday through Friday podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, where you're only daily Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host, Gino Camilleri, and this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. On today's edition of the show, as I mentioned, I want to talk about Gino, who's going to be that fourth passing target in this offense? There are some options that we're going to get into, and I think it's definitely up in the air. But also, man, the schedule comes out on Thursday. We're going to take a look at some of the rumors of what important games the Eagles could be playing, you know, holiday games, primetime matchups. What's the toughest slate of stretches in this schedule coming up? So all that and more. And uh, so I feel like this is really the the last big event of the NFL offseason. And then, you know, we kind of take a summer break and we don't take a break on the show, but when it comes to news and, you know, then it's until training camp, nothing really happens. We'll get a couple more occasions of OTAs, but they really have sure, cut yeah. the schedule back over the last few years. And Especially Nick Sirianni rarely uses yes, those anyway for starters and stuff. Especially after the success that they had getting those guys to the regular season. And that's what this time is all right. about now. It's trying to get the guys in the building, understanding the scheme, understanding which direction this team is going. But at the end of the day, you want to get the 53 to September like they did last year because – when you have all those guys healthy and you don't miss many man games lost yeah. like you have in the past, that's when things turn out okay. But right now, it's the big event. Everybody's waiting for the schedule release. The NFL does a great job making this calendar 12 months of the year. It makes our job so much they easier. They can eventize makes, everything, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, our everydayers <laughs> got to love this stuff because every day you're for tuning sure. in and there's something new to talk about. Yes. And you look at the 17 games and the 17 opportunities, it could shake out in uh, countless different ways when it comes to how many games they're going to play on the road in a row. Do they get three on the road in a row? Do they get multiple weeks of short rest? There's the new, you could play multiple times on Thursday. Thursday night. That's why Black this is Friday so interesting. This year, Gino, we've got two Germany beautiful. games. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all up in the air and it's different every single year. So we do have some schedule talk mm-hmm. coming up for you in segments two and three. But I've been thinking about this for a few shows now because last week we were kind of talking about DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny and the roles they can have in the backfield and how it feels like the Eagles finally have more receiving backs. Right, Miles Sanders in 2019 made a big impact in the passing game in 2019 as a rookie. But after that... He was really more of an explosive runner, but he wasn't really involved in the passing attack. And you Mm -hmm. didn't have that do-it-all running back like DeAndre Swift could be or like Rashad Penny. You didn't have a guy as involved in the passing game as you had in the past with a a Darren Sproles, even if he wasn't your lead running back. So we talked about that. And, you know, they signed Olamide Zacchaeus right before the draft to compete with Quez Watkins. And 
Then the past show, we talked about them signing Dan Arnold to be tight end two behind Dallas Goddard. So they definitely have brought in reinforcements behind, you know, those three target monsters in the passing game, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. And now, Gino, the question is, like, who really does step up? And I'm sure the gap when it comes to statistics won't be that different between some of those players that I just mentioned at receiver, uh, running back, and tight end when it comes to the actual stats but is there a specific guy that you feel like will take charge behind that big three in the passing game between you know Arnold, Quez Watkins, Zacchaeus, Swift, Penny, Gainwell, any of those other players? Well the good thing is that you named not only a bunch of guys but a bunch of guys at different positions and I think that's the important thing because that's what they have been lacking over the last couple years right yeah would it be great that DeAndre Swift comes in and has 600 yards in the receiving game right away absolutely could Dan Arnold match his 400 yard seasons that he's done twice. For sure. Could Zacchaeus come in here after a 500-plus-yard season with Marcus Mariota and be that fourth guy? I believe so. But at the end of the day, Lou, I really think it's going to be that committee-style approach where you're trying to make up in the margins what you have lost over the last couple years after losing Zach Ertz and only having one primary passing option from the tight end position. Now having the big two up top, you really have to find a way – to maybe not just have a fourth guy, but yeah. find enough statistics and like Moneyball, where you want to make up enough of that gray area from these three different guys. And I think that presents a lot of different opportunities and a lot of ways that you can go about it because Dan Arnold is a big bodied guy who is more of a wide receiver than he really is a tight end. So you take right. advantage of him when it comes to matchups. You get a smaller linebacker, a smaller safety. You put him out there in 12 personnel. Zacchaeus could be your third guy. He could also be an outside option for you to move A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith inside at times. So does he reap the rewards there just being open because he's covered by the third or fourth guy? And then DeAndre Swift, Swift, for example, is going to be open in those short to intermediate areas in the flat, use his run after the catchability, all that has to culminate to, let's say, what, 1,200 yards in the air, Lou? And I think yeah. you could get that out of those guys, plus Kenny Gainwell, plus Rashad Penny and everybody else in the mix. That's the thing, because last year, I mean, Quez Watkins was definitely the favorite to be that fourth guy behind mm-hmm. Smith, Brown, and Watkins, or excuse me, Smith, Brown, and Goddard. But outside of Quez, I mean, you had Zach Pascal, but we know now he wasn't really a big part of the passing mm-hmm. game. He was more of a blocking receiver at wide receiver four. You didn't really have that second tight end like Dan Arnold. Jack Stahl didn't step up in that way. Neither did Grant Calcaterra. Miles Sanders was not the 2019 version of Sanders that was big in the passing game. And Kenneth Gainwell was great in the playoffs, but Gino in the regular season he wasn't the guy from 2021 even as a rookie. So you didn't really have the combination of Quez and Zacchaeus that you have now and Arnold and Swift and Penny and Gainwell and Boston Scott. So to me, I think they definitely upgraded who's going to be the clear-cut number four in this passing game. I'm not 100% sure, but they've got a lot more optionality and they all have different roles. Zacchaeus is a much more complete receiver than Quez, but Quez has that 4-3 speed. And as you mentioned, Arnold is that receiving tight end that you haven't had behind Goddard since Zach Ertz was traded in 2021. And Swift is that do-it-all running back that you haven't really had since a rookie Miles Sanders. So I think it's definitely awesome to have all these different options When it comes to that main guy, I would still probably put my money on Quez getting the first crack just of being wide receiver three. 
But I don't know. I mean, you could really put your money on anybody. I mean, Zacchaeus, mm-hmm. Arnold, Swift is really interesting. This could be a new way the Eagles find another impact in the passing game that you didn't have last year is by having that explosive back. So I think it's definitely up in the air. And as you mentioned, it's going to be a committee-like approach. So, Lou, I'm going to list off the amount of yards that the second option at each of those positions had when Ooh, it came to point. the receiving yeah, yeah, game. And I'm yeah. going to say, is I want you to say, is this yeah. year's option going to have more or less? Over or under, yeah. Yep, so if you go to Quez Watkins, he had 354 yards. I would say over. Do you believe it's going to be him or Zacchaeus? <sighs> I still, I, I'm going to ride or die with Quez. I think most would say Zacchaeus, but I think combined between the two, they surpass what Watkins and Pascal had last year. So Pascal had 150. So realistically, you're saying, can you get 500 over. yards out of both of those? I guys? think you take the over on that. Yeah, over as well. Because even if like Gino, like you get just a few more deep plays from Quez Watkins, Zacchaeus to me will be much more involved than Pascal. So that already, I take the over. So then Jack Stoll had the second most receiving yards for a tight end at a yeah. 123. Combine that with Grant Calcaterra at 81, you're going to get around 200 yards. Dan Arnold should push the pace there, in my opinion. Yeah, I would would agree. Yeah. So then Kenny Gainwell, out of the backfield, led them with 169 yards. Miles Sanders and Boston Scott combined for 78 and 15, respectively. Can you get 250 yards out of DeAndre Swift, I would Rashad hope. Penny, hopefully more touches from Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, Lou? I, I would I would totally hope so, dude. And you look at, I mean, what was Jalen Hurts' passing totals because of the injury? I think it, it held back the statistics a little bit more. 3,701. 3, yeah, yep. 3,701. Let's say he gets to, you know, over 4,000, which he was definitely on pace for last mm-hmm. year before he missed, what, two to three games? And so, and he was limited in that final game for sure. So you get over thousand yards. I would over on pretty much all of those. And that's not to say suddenly AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith have a reduced role. I just think these players are improved and I think you're going to pass more and Jalen Hurts is going to stay healthy. So to me, I would like to say the over. The money's in the crumbs, man. And this is one of those yeah. things where you really need to find a way to make up in those margins because when it push came to shove at the end of the day, it was that fourth option that you thought was going to be the guy. And in the yeah. Super Bowl, he drops that pass, man. But the Chiefs' fourth and fifth options, they yeah. made plays. So that's what it comes down to when you got to get that's from true. I mean, Sky Moore scores a touchdown, Kadarius Tony, and I still believe in Quez enough to say that he'd be my betting favorite, but there are a lot more options this year where if Watkins continues to be the 2022 version versus 2021, you have Zacchaeus, you have Arnold, you have Swift. These are guys last year that you really did not have, and maybe Gainwell takes another step in year three and builds off the momentum that he started from the playoffs, and suddenly you have some definite reliable targets behind the big three of Smith, Brown, and Goddard. But I think it's a good situation to have, and at least a few of them will pan out, I think, Gino, and improve from you know what the Eagles had in 2022. We're going to take a look at the 2023 schedule, though, coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Getting some rumors about what this schedule could look like. It is officially going to be released at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. All that and more on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. It's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you. Trust us and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you all the tools to find a more balanced 
lifestyle and approach so you can keep supporting others while also leaving yourself or i should say without leaving yourself behind it's better help online therapy if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online it's designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I've been doing therapy now for three or four years since the pandemic. I've had a few different ones. Sometimes it takes a few different tries to get that right fit. BetterHelp will help you switch therapists with no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. The Locked On Eagles podcast. Thanks, BetterHelp, for sponsoring the show today. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Shout out to the everydayers for tuning in Monday through Friday, even now during the dead zone of the offseason, but it's not completely dead. Thursday at 8 p.m., the Eagles schedule for 2023 is going to be officially released, Gino, and it's going to be fun to see you know, where some of these big matchups are. The Eagles right now have the toughest schedule when it comes to records of 2022 in the NFL and when it comes to rumors of like where these games are going to be slated, we know a few things, or at least we believe we have a good idea. So actually, this was broke by Mrs. Kelsey on Facebook. Jason Kelsey's mom said that uh, the Eagles and Chiefs are going to be playing on week two, Gino. We've heard some rumors that the Eagles could be playing on Christmas uh, against San Francisco or Black Friday against the Giants. Zach Berman said the Eagles are eligible for both games in Germany. He's not sure if they're going to play, but there's a lot of stuff up in the air, man. The, the thing is, I mean, this is one of the most talented, if not the most complete rosters in football. They just made the Super Bowl. So buckle up, man. It's not going to be a lot of, you know, 1 p.m. games where we do post-game shows right after. There's going to be a lot of post-game, you know, at night. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of prime time, international holidays. This is just what happens when you're a really good football team. You're going to be you know, showcased on national television. This is what we're used to. I mean, this is the yeah. new norm. We go back to Doug Peterson saying that, but after the Super Bowl year, you're in prime time all the time. And the idea of playing Kansas City in week two, it just brings back terrible memories to yeah. the season of all seasons, right? That was the Super Bowl year, week two, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it was 2017. Yeah. And you just laid an egg and things didn't work out right for you. And you played Kansas City early a couple of years ago and, didn't turn out well for you, and you lost yeah. to him in the Super Bowl, and here we go I'm just, again. I'm not a fan. But it's a great you know, test. It's a great litmus yes, test. Yes. I'm just not a fan of playing. It's not that I'm scared at all, but to me, I would prefer my team to play the tougher test later on in the schedule. I like to, just because you know, you're knocking off the rust early on in the year, and look at like what how Detroit played the Eagles week one this past season. I like to get those easier matchups out of the way when you're a little bit rusty and you can still get those wins and you can build up some momentum and you're not like, you know, three and four facing a hole like 2018 and 2019. So that's probably going to be the case, but you know, I kind of hope those chiefs games, bills, Cowboys, they're all, they're all later in the year when you're kind of firing on all cylinders. That's kind of at least how I prefer the schedule. So you're a big SEC football fan where they just <laughs> yes. play cupcakes Give me the, Citadel the first couple in Western yeah. Kentucky the first few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're trying to play the FCS level competition, which is a good thing, frankly, because as good as the strength of schedule is for the Eagles facing the number one test, this is probably going to be the number one test for a lot of these teams, Lou. And the thing you're going to get with that is every team's going to give you your best shot. I mean, you're not the Super Bowl champion, but you represented the NFC. Every yeah. team in the NFC is hunting for that title. They're going to play you tough, man. And 
in those primetime games, just feels like big-time players make big-time plays, right? And you want to be put to the test on the national stage. It's a great thing. We always talk about expectations. That's what comes with expectations, the, the limelight, the ability to play in those big moments. But the guy leading the way, Lou, has been in those games countless times over his career from multiple different teams, Alabama, Oklahoma, now the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts leading the way. Every other team better watch out, man. I mean, I, I don't care who you're playing what day of the week. Yeah. If it is on a primetime game, well, sorry for the other team. That's going to most likely get embarrassed right. against them, in my opinion. I heard another rumor, and again, this isn't, you know, we, we have no idea what's exactly going to happen Thursday night, but the Eagles on Christmas might be getting the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I totally get that, you know, because I think the NFL, you know, you've seen the Niners now complain for almost an entire calendar year. Well, not yet. It's not close, but it's going to mm -hmm. get that way by, I'm sure, by the end of next year, if I can go back to Minnesota, New Orleans, and how they complained about, you know, so the Niners have been complaining since the NFC Championship game that they lost because they were playing 10 on 11. The NFL is probably going to say, well, let's give them Brock Purdy the holidays right in front of the country and let's see let's give that rematch of the conference championship and let's see what the Niners can do with Brock Purdy I could totally see that Eagles Niners game being later in the year although I would love for it to be week one where they still don't have Purdy you can beat them again and they're still complaining for another year I, I, I love that but I, I think the Niners matchup will probably be later in the year especially if the Chiefs is week two there's no way they're gonna have Philly play San Fran and then Kansas City I don't know I, I just can't I can't see that i would like to be a fly on the wall like when they have these conversations it's because be you chaos dude. you know there's the numbers guys that ran all of them and then you know oh, there's yeah. the execs at the tv networks that are like no we want this game at this time and then goodell's yeah. back there and he's pulling the strings as well and lou it would be the first time since 2017 super bowl season that the philadelphia eagles would play on christmas on monday night football and it would be a much more significant game than a game against the, at the time, Oakland Raiders. It was, yeah, to, to clinch the one seed. It, it wasn't was pretty, though. The most it forgettable game of all time. Imagine yeah, it being the Niners game. I think every fan for both teams would remember this game. It would be such a delight to have that on Christmas. And as yeah. stressful as it is, and we know last year with Christmas Eve losing to the Cowboys, it is upsetting. It's a fun There's game, just nothing though, better out. that you could just watch it with all your family and everybody's around. And it, How it's do you feel about fun. holiday games? Do you like when the Eagles play like on Thanksgiving, Christmas? Oh, yeah. Okay. My family has an excuse to not talk to me and I don't have to talk <laughs> to them because they know I'm in work mode. When I'm watching the Eagles, yeah. I'm in work mode. I'm See, that's why I, I'm gonna I don't love that's why I don't really love them playing on holidays because I'm such a crazy person watching the Eagles that I don't like to be in work mode when I'm with all my family. So I'm like, give me Thanksgiving and Christmas to have a few that's beers. That's why Black Friday is perfect. It's perfect. I, that's, yes, I, I totally agree. Like, give me Eagles, Giants on Black Friday, no Thanksgiving. Let Thanksgiving mm. be me having some brews and then watching the Lions and an AFC team and then Chicago and Dallas. And like, mm. that, that's what I'm preferring. But again, when you're one of the best teams in football, they're going to want to showcase you to the world. So, Gino, I think me and you are going to be talking probably on a few holidays this year for sure, or at least yeah, one of them. Going to appreciate Mountain Time a lot with how many primetime oh, games dude, that yeah. they're going to get. And Lucky. I mean, you just look at some of the matchups that they're going to get. You're going to get the Patrick Mahomes matchup. You're going to get Dak Prescott multiple yeah. times. You're going to get Aaron Rodgers as a Jet now. You're going to get Seattle, who's probably the front runner to take on – 
any other NFC team outside of San Francisco. You get the San Fran matchup. You get Josh Allen. I mean, there's so many opportunities to put both of these teams in the limelight. And it's going to be a great litmus test because you are facing multiple very good quarterbacks to where last year when everybody said, quote unquote, the Eagles didn't play anybody. Well, this year there's no excuses. You either put up or shut up at this point, man. Yeah, it's a first place schedule. And, you know, that's how we're going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, a Tuesday edition of the show taking a look at potentially what this 2023 schedule could look like. It's officially unveiled Thursday night at 8 o'clock, right after Gino and I host on Bleacher Report on the app. Make sure you download it. We're also going to be doing a show right here on Lockdown Eagles, reacting to everything that was unveiled about the schedule. As you mentioned, it is the hardest in the NFL right now, according to 2022 records. The Eagles have the hardest strength of schedule in the NFL. I mean, they're playing the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs. You got the Dallas Cowboys in this division twice. The New York Giants were a playoff team. The Jets, the Niners, the Seahawks. You're playing a lot of playoff teams. And you mentioned this before the show, kind of posing this question that we should definitely talk about. Who do you think, you know, regardless of where they play, when they play, what time it is, what to you is, let's say first, we'll do, we'll do our top five toughest matchups this year. What's your number one? I think we'll probably both agree on number one, and I think a lot of people should. It, it, it's the Super Bowl rematch. It's got to be I the mean, rematch. Yeah, It has to be. And, the, and it's not just that they're the best team in football right now, but the mental aspect too. It, it mm-hmm. definitely plays a part. Yeah, getting from good to great, right? Like you want to overcome those demons of you don't want to get quote unquote revenge on them, right? The the goal is to focus on your team is to be the best team that you can be in 2023. So how do you do that? Well, you go out and beat the best team in the other respective conference, which has the best quarterback and the best coach as well. So that would be a great way to to really bring this team together, especially if it's early, Lou. Like imagine that week two. Right. You get that win, and after a week one, let's say you play Minnesota, you roll over them, and then week two you play the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You get the 2-0, and and you just beat the team that you couldn't beat last year. I think that's a, a great motivator if you lose and a great them again, starter. And, and, Gino, it's kind of like with what I saw from the Buffalo Bills last year. It's like the minute they lost to the Chiefs in that division round, the way they did it. It's like if you don't get that win the following year – even though it's a regular season game and it was kind of the same when they played them the year before, that's going to, it's going to just hold a mental aspect. It's going to hold a place in your head until you get to that big game. Not to say that all these other games feel irrelevant, but if you lose to the chiefs again, it's like, okay, yeah, we can beat these all, all these other teams, but what happens again when we play Kansas city, you know, like Mm. sometimes in certain leagues, like, you know, you can see like LeBron James against the golden state warriors, the, Every time the Toronto Maple Leafs and the NHL play the Tampa Bay Lightning, sometimes there's a team that just keeps beating you in these moments. And like, until we beat that team, nothing else matters. And so, not to say that's the Eagles and the Chiefs since it's out of conference and it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl anyway. But if, if you lose again, it's like you don't want to go 0 and 2 against Kansas City and then find your way into the Super Bowl again and you're playing Mahomes. It's important to get that win, I think, for a confidence booster, as you were mentioning. I totally agree. It was like when Seattle was the cream of the crop in the NFC, yeah, and you're just right. saying, why can't we beat this? Team? Every time they'd go to Seattle, it's like, we just can't beat this team. We, yeah, we couldn't do it. And and now yeah. you're saying you're going to go on the road to Arrowhead once again. Best of luck, man. Tough place to play, but big-time yeah. players make big-time plays, as we that's, say. So that's got to be number one. Easy. Yeah, that's for sure. It's on the road. Number two, I would say probably the Buffalo Bills. 
Um, I, I think you look at Josh Allen, you look at that offense, you're getting Von Miller back. Dalton Kincaid at tight end is a new pass catcher. I really like their backfield with James Cook, Damian Harris, Naeem Hines. So I know Dallas gives this Eagles team troubles. You got the Jets and the Niners, but um, I would probably say two is the Bills based on the schedule. I knew Who you, you got two. I know you're going to have somebody different. Yeah, you, you knew I wasn't going to put <laughs> but, brand. I mean, the, the easy one is San Francisco, but I think Miami, like with those two guys, man, like Waddle you want to talk health. about, yeah. like let's say you don't play Kansas City till later on in the season. What's a good way to get a good understanding of how you're going to compete against some of these high-profile passing offenses? Man, you're going to have to go and – Shut down Tyreek Hill. Shut down yeah. Jalen Waddle and two safeties. Gonna have a better game in that line. One. Yeah, exactly. And Miami's defense is very good as well. And if they put it together this year, they could be that team that competes with Buffalo, in my yeah. opinion. And as well as the Jets are going to be up there because their defense is great. I, I think you can mix and match any of those three AFC East games as one of right. the, a, a good representation. I of agree. Where be because. With Buffalo, you're going to get a high-profile offense that comes through having to defend a uh, t- multiple d- dual-threat quarterback is what I was trying yeah, to say, right. Josh Allen and that passing offense. And you go against Miami, two is not going to give you the, what Josh Allen gives you, but he's got two guys that are just electric on the back end, right? And you play the Jets, their defense is built to win now, and now they have an offense that is going to be better it's all different ways that you can compete against good teams. So give me any one of those three, and yeah. I'm with you there on Buffalo as well. And I just think Miami's going to be very difficult to, I, to I'm with you. for yeah. every team in the league this year. The Miami game is going to be really tough. I mean, defending those two receivers is brutal, both 4-3 speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually had Dallas number three, Gino, just because as mid as Dak Prescott is, he always gives the Eagles trouble. So mm-hmm. it's not that this Cowboys team is, you know, unstoppable. And like I have the Jets ranked four and the Niners five, and I think both teams are better than Dallas. But again, that divisional aspect of it and the fact that if Dak Prescott plays in these games, he's always had success against Philly. So until I see otherwise, it, it's going to be a tough matchup. So I put, actually put Dallas three and then the Jets four and the Niners five. Just, you know, the Niners are, they're a loaded roster. And if it's later mm-hmm. in the year and they have Purdy back, that's going to be a tough out. So I definitely get the Miami part. And, you know, we didn't even mention Seattle either. They're, right. you know, they just got Jackson Smith and Jigbo to go with Lockett and Metcalf. And oh, I that love their young receivers. defense. Oh, my goodness. It's a tough schedule, man. On paper, and again, who knows? These teams are always different uh, a calendar year later. But there are some tough matchups on the schedule. And like you said, though, it's a good test. There's going to be no excuses in the playoffs of, oh, the Eagles beat, even though they beat people last year that were good. You know, the, the narrative was the Eagles didn't beat anybody. And, and this year, that won't be on the table. I 100% agree, Lou. Yeah. And I'm not as big on the, the Niners one, to be honest with you, because mm. it's like I, I still don't see Brock Purdy in this light that everybody else sees him. I totally, like the second that's comedy. the funniest part, Gino. They act like they were missing Patrick Mahomes. Right. I know they like, were missing Tom isn't coming through t- those doors right. in San Francisco, folks. And I know they were missing in quarterback entirely, which definitely mm. plays a part, but – even if Brock Purdy plays in that game, the Eagles to me are still winning that football game. Stop acting like you lost your you lost Jalen Hurts. You didn't lose your Jalen Hurts. If anything, if it's early on in the year, I fear Trey Lance or Sam Darnold more than Purdy. 
I fear Daniel Jones more than I fear Brock Purdy. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. What were your... a, because Daniel Jones can run on you. Like, yeah. if Brock Purdy gets hit again, is he going to crumble again? I, I go down the list, Lou. You got Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even McCorkle in New England. Like, I know I you fear don't Geno love Smith him. more than I fear Brock Geno Purdy. Geno Smith. You might get a healthy match. I'm not a Purdy guy. On any given yeah. day can, can beat anybody, right? And... I just don't I, I don't get it. I truly don't get yeah. it. And I never will get it. And that's why if I'm going down the list, it's number one is going against Patrick Mahomes. Right. Number two, I gotta go with Dallas on the road. I'm with you. Yep. At away game in Jerry World, it's always a big indication of how things are gonna go for you down the line. It was a right. shootout, right? And ultimately what was the final tale of the Eagle season? A shootout with Kansas City. That's usually yep. how it goes. And then you go down the line. I think give me any of Miami or Buffalo. Miami. I think for the storyline of Jalen Hurts potentially beating Tua in the National Football League. Uh, that's a League, fun aspect I didn't think of. Yeah, give me number sure. three. That's number good. four, of course, I love beating Buffalo. Yeah. Always. So that would be a great one. Yeah. And then I'm going to go with Seattle, Lou. I, I think that's like, that's the next team I want to see. Like, we know you have to take care of your division, right? Like, you could say the Giants, yeah. you could say Washington both times. Say the other Dallas matchup, but that's a given. When yep. you're going into the NFC landscape, you're not going to play Detroit like you played last year. Seattle is a much better team, in my opinion, than Detroit was when you played them last year. Okay. And that ultimately was that next up level of competition. So who is that going to be for you outside of your division? It's not going to be Arizona. We know San Fran will be the next one up. Los Angeles Rams, as good as Matt Stafford is or could or will ever be, he ain't making up for that roster. No, no. Tampa's not going to win with old old boy Baker Mayfield. Or Kyle Trask. Yeah, or Kyle Trask. Seattle, Lou, don't sleep on them Seahawks, man. That's the one team I'm like, okay, we we could get caught in a boat race with those guys. It'll be fun to see where these games are slated, what times. Thursday night, 8 p.m. We have another show, though, for you. Wednesday before our scheduled podcast on Thursday, and then another Friday show as well. Monday through Friday, we got a Lockdown Eagles podcast for you. Shout out to the Everydayers. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Eagles on all podcast platforms, on YouTube as well, and make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LockdownBirds, at DBLOE, and at gc 24 underscore football. We're going to sign off for today. We'll see you for our Wednesday show. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside my co-host Gino Camilleri. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.